Today, I want to do more of a teaching than preaching. Um, and I want to teach about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? You know, it's a question that, that if someone says, hey, who's the Holy Spirit? In our mind, we have a great understanding. But then when we're asked to articulate it or explain it to someone who does not have, um, you know, a high education, it gets a little harder to kind of explain who the Holy Spirit is. So the question is, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, last, uh, this last August, my son and, and now daughter-in-law um, had their wedding, and um, we were responsible for, for doing the rehearsal dinner. And because of the whole COVID thing and because of the church policies that they had, um, they weren't able to have the reception. So we knew that this was our only opportunity to have a fine dining meal for them so we went all out and bought subway and uh and you know we we but we wanted to make it special for them so my mom she joined in she, she was like i want to help too and so she got you know kind of like the little china plates and and we made it look really nice so i've never eaten a subway sandwich on such a nice plate and so it, we had the plates and she got those little silver plastic forks and it looked nice the whole tables looked good but we were running out of time and finally we had to go and actually uh, go to the rehearsal ceremony and the practice and so so as we're there we turned everything over to my sisters and 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 you know and my wife you know she wanted to make it as special as it could be and, and the way she is detail oriented she she has to do it she has to do it because she can do it right and, and I told her I said hey my sister's got it don't worry about it and we turned everything over to that and we took off and then we came back in, and we were both so thankful for my sisters. One flew in from Tennessee. The other one drove in from Michigan. And, and we were so thankful because they set up that rehearsal dinner, and it looked sharp. They made a table. We got a cake for them. It looked great. And, um, and you know, and later on, we were just talking about reflecting about what was going on. And I said, you know, I knew that my sisters would do that. Why? Because I know them. I know them. And, uh, and I know that they, were, they would jump in and help out. And, and that's the important things about knowing somebody. We have to know them. And, and when you know them, we begin to trust them. We begin to build a, a better relationship. And, and so this morning, I want to talk about knowing the Holy Spirit. Do we actually know the Holy Spirit? Do we have confidence in who he is and what he's doing? First, let's talk about our belief in God. We believe this. We believe that there is one true God has re and he's revealed himself as the eternal, self-existent I am, the great creator of heaven and earth, the redeemer of mankind. He has further revealed himself as the embodying the principles of relationship and association as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Christ, Christ taught a distinction of the persons of the Godhead, which is expressed in specific terms of the relationship as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in chapter 14 of John, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus describes the Father himself and the Spirit. Also, the Father speaks of Jesus as a person. The, uh, Matthew 3.17, a voice from heaven said, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The Father spoke from heaven about Jesus. And Jesus clearly speaks about the Father in verse um, 5 of John 10, or excuse me, John 5, 19 says, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself, and he can only do as the Father is doing, what the Father is doing. 
So we have the Holy Spirit here, and the Luke even describes the Godhead in Acts chapter 7, verse 55. And this is about the stoning of Stephen. The, the, there's a revolt against the church, and they want to still stone Stephen. And, and Stephen is there. This is what it says in uh, Acts 7.55. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. So, so let's just get the picture here. Stephen is full of the Holy Spirit, and he looks up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And, and... Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And so here Luke is describing three things, three persons that we uh, know as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He sees God, he sees Jesus, and he knows that the Holy Spirit is inside of Stephen. So what is the nature of the Holy Spirit? So as the Bible describes the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I want to talk about the nature of the Holy Spirit. You know, personality contains certain elements uh, contains intellect and sensibility and will, the, the ability to make a decision. Intellect involves the mind, the power of reasoning, judging, comprehending, sensibility, the power to feel and receive sensation, pleasurable or painful impressions, emotions. Will, the power of choosing or acting, the power of self-determination. The Holy Spirit has all of these things. So we're not just talking about this inept force that's out there. You know, I, was, I had a, actually a little afternoon time yesterday because it's amazing when you hand your wife money and she's going shopping, how quiet it gets. And so all the girls went with her and Tony was downstairs, you know, doing something and I'm by myself. So I thought I would watch Star Wars, right? The force be with you. And sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit as this force, you know, that's out there, but he is a person. He has a mind. Um, Romans 8 says that he searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. He has the ability to make choices. 1 Corinthians 12 says all of these works of one and the same Spirit and he distributes, the Spirit distributes to each of one as he determines. He has feelings. Ephesians 4.30 says and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So we see that the nature of the Holy Spirit has the ability to think, to act, and to feel. He is not just this force, this unseen presence. And we can also personally treat the Holy Spirit, good or bad. In Acts chapter 5, the story of Ananias and Sapphira where they lied to the disciples and they said that we sold all of our, our house and this is all the money and they lied. And what did Peter says? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you lied to God. He can also be grieved to make sad, to be painful, offended. Like I read earlier about do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. So we can affect him and hurt him. And he can be influenced. Um, his influence over us can be muffled. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians, do not quench the spirit. Do not muffle him. Do not get so desensitized that you stop listening to his influence. You know, I love people who have influence in my life. You know, when, you, when someone has influence in your life, um, it, they, they respect you. They respond to you. I remember when my little niece, Emily, she was born and, and you know, and I would, I would go and, hey, Emily, blah, 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 and she would not like me at all. And, um, and she wouldn't like me, but you know what? I, one time she was over our house and I said, Hey, Emily, 
grab these dishes. And, you know, she was like two, and, and she was probably just scared to death. You know, Uncle Pete said, grab the dishes. And she grabs them, she walks over. Guess who's uh, her favorite uncle now? I don't know if it's me, but she likes me. She gives me hugs now, right? <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that when, when people have influence over you, they respond to you. And we can get to the point where we stop allowing the Holy Spirit to have influence in our life and we stop responding to his correction, to his guidance, to his leadership in our life. And that's a dangerous place to be. Because we want to be people who are influenced by the Lord. We want to hear his voice and be sensitive to where he's leading us. I love being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I remember when my father was first saved, you know, and, and he, he didn't understand all the stuff that was going on at the time. He gave his heart to Jesus. The Holy Spirit came inside of him. And he was at work one day, and he used to drive this fork truck. And, and he always went left in this little place, you know. And, and when you work at GM, they have these little roads that are for fork trucks, you know. Pedestrians do not have the right-of-way in the plant. And so, because these four trucks can hardly see, and you just got to keep an eye out for them. And my dad always went left in this one spot. For some reason, though, he decided to go right. And all of a sudden, there was a major accident that happened there, and God spared him from the accident. And he began to realize, whoa, the Holy Spirit is doing something. And you become sensitive, and you start to listen. But you can Reject him to the point where he is muffled in your life and he loses, he loses his influence over you. Because, you know, he doesn't possess us. He doesn't control us. You know, that's the one thing about God. God loves us enough to allow us to make choices. He allows us to make choices. We make choices all the time. And he allows us to make choices. And we need to be people who let the Holy Spirit have influence of us, over us. So this morning, I just want to just leave you with a couple things. The Holy, and this is not an all-inclusive list here, okay? So I'm not trying to do a complete doctrine on the Holy Spirit. I just want to give you some ideas and to think about him differently than maybe just a little force that, that we would assume. But there are just four things I want to just highlight this morning about what the Holy Spirit is doing inside of you. Because I believe this, that the Holy Spirit is working in you. First of all, he reveals the things of God. 1 Corinthians 2 says, These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit working inside of you wants to reveal the things of God. God is not trying to hide himself from you. God is not trying to keep himself from you. He desires to have a personal relationship with you. He desires to speak to you. He desires to, to motivate you and encourage you and to lift you up. He desires to have a clear communication with you. Oftentimes when I read the Bible, I always wonder about, you know, when, when David said the Lord said or Abraham said the Lord said. I want to get to that place where I know it's God. But what blows my mind is that these people in the Old Testament did not have the Holy Spirit the way we have the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, because of Jesus, lives in us. And now that he lives in us, we have the ability to hear from him from inside. He is with us. He is influenced. His, his, his presence is always around us and in us and with us. And yet these people were so confident in the Old Testament. 
Why? Because they trusted what they believed who God was. We can trust the same way, but even more so, the Holy Spirit is placed inside of us so that we can know the things of God. Isn't that what Jesus said? Father, I wish that my disciples and the ones that are coming after would know you the way I know you and that they would know that you love them the way you love me. Jesus wants us to know him, wants us to know the Father, and he sends the Spirit. And the Spirit is revealing the things of God in our life. And that's the work that we cannot forget that he is doing. He is wanting us to know who God is. The other thing is, is he's also interceding for us. Romans 8.26 says in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The Holy Spirit is praying for you. Think about that. The Holy Spirit is praying for you. You know, as our, as our you know, kids, they play sports, we like to cheer them on, you know? And, um, and a lot of times, you know, we would yell at them without trying to make it obvious. And we would say, come on, cards, you better get it together. You know what? No, we would, we would encourage them, say, hey, come on, let's go, Red. You can do it. And, but they know that it's their dad's voice trying to encourage them. Yes, the team, but the dad is speaking to them. And, and, and so I am interceding for them. I'm trying to help them. The Holy Spirit helps us. You know, when you face times of trouble or difficulties, I want you to know you got someone praying for you. You got someone that's looking out for you. You got someone that's interceding for us. The Bible says that the, we don't know what to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. He's saying, I'll help you. You just got to trust that he's rooting for you. This is simply believing that God is for us. God is for us. Not only does he reveal the things of God, not only does he intercede for us, but he also speaks to us. Revelations 2.7 says, He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Just as the Lord spoke to you in a vision, just as the Lord reminds you during worship, just as the Lord reminds us, and he wants to speak to us so that we can hear his voice. I think that is so cool. I think it is so cool. You know, last week for Pastor's Appreciation Day, I want to tell you, that was the best gift I ever got because the Lions won and the Vikings lost. It was great. So I want to make sure she always wears that shirt on Viking Day because it works. And my sweatshirt worked. It was great. And, and the thing is, is that... I don't even know why I said that. But okay, let's get back to the sermon. He speaks to you. God wants to speak to you clearly. He wants to speak to you clearly. God wants you to know his voice. Isn't that what Jesus said? That the sheep will know my voice. And God speaks to us through his spirit. It, 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 it perks our ears when things aren't right. It, it moves us in our hearts when we know we should do something. And the more we listen, the more we listen, the clearer his voice will be. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In order for you to hear, you have to be listening. You have to be ready. You have to be waiting. You know, if, if, if we went home and we said, hey, I don't want to say the A word because, you know, all those little Amazon devices will go off. Or we say, hey, Siri, or we say all these different words. It, it perks up and says, how can I help you today? I am here to be your servant, master. You know, at least that's what mine says. But... But why, why does it respond to our voices? Because the microphone, is always on, or the, the microphone is always on and it's always listening. 
I don't want to scare you and, oh, they're trackman. That's just the way it works. The microphone has to be on in order to be listening. And, and, and we need to make sure that our microphone is on so we can listen. That when the Spirit says, hey, listen, I'm ready. I'm waiting. So he wants to speak to you. And also he guides our steps. Acts 16 tells us that Paul and his companions, they're trying to go to different places, but they were kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching in a certain area. And then finally, they realized that the Spirit of Jesus did not want them to go. Sometimes he guides our steps and sometimes he stops us from doing things that we shouldn't. And sometimes he opens doors for us to go. Later on, Paul realized he was supposed to go to Macedonia and they went. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to guide us in our life. I I know that God gives us a lot of ability on our own. He gives us the ability to wake up and to get dressed and to take care of ourselves. He gives us the ability to make breakfast and to, to go to work. He gives us a lot of abilities on our own. But we can never forget that the most important thing is God wants to guide us. And that's why the Bible says if you commit this day to the Lord, you will succeed in all you do. Because when you are willing to let him guide you, he is going to take you into better places. I don't know how many times I've led myself into trouble. But you know what the beautiful thing is? Is that God is there with me. And he says, come on, son, just follow me. I'll get you out of this. Just trust me. Let's go. And you take those steps with him. He guides you. See, the Holy Spirit is working inside of us. And I just want to encourage you this morning that you're not alone. That he he wants to reveal the things of God to you. He is interceding for you. He is speaking to you and he is guiding you. But we got to make sure our microphone's on. We got to make sure we're ready to listen. And then we got to make sure we're ready to do it and we're ready to obey and we're ready to follow. See, the Holy Spirit is working in us. And I don't want you to forget that. So he's not just some ghost out there. He's not just some, some force that we can't see. He is inside of us. And he is moving on our behalf. So I encourage you, just in your prayer time, know that there's someone praying with you. In your life, know that there's someone walking with you. When you are reading God's word, there is someone helping reveal things about God to you. Know that he is working on your behalf.